0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: believe. What up, Pizza Get Fodders? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode 404. That is not an error, ladies and gentlemen. We do this on purpose right now. Today we are talking running back age analysis. Last week we talked wide receiver age analysis. And we're going to be talking running backs again today. Once again, Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. My name Sky Guasco. Bobby Lamarco on Twitter has his name as well. Instagram fantasy football underscore TCK And you can find fantasy football X Factor on Instagram as well. And of course, subscribe and hit the bell. Leave a comment right here on YouTube. Let's bring in my man, Bobby Lamarco. Bobby, good to have you again, buddy. What are you most looking forward to with this running back analysis after last week's wide receiver run?
0: uh it's to make sure that everyone drafts melvin gordon head javante williams
1: get the hell out of here <laughs> all right folks it's going to do it for us today thank you for tuning in <laughs> to another episode
0: and on a high note and on a high note i totally get oh, it
1: oh well that's good see see what you're doing here is you're creating drama off the bat right Boom. now people are going to like storm the comments Be like, bobby you're an idiot what are you doing and that Can't increases wait. the algorithm well, well played sir hey thank you know you. before we get into this bobby this is unscripted but before we get into this I have to uh, talk baseball for like 29 seconds. You're wearing a Padres hat. We've been over this Mm -hmm. multiple times. You're a Padres fan. You're in beautiful San Diego. I'm a Giants fan. Grew up in the Bay Area. Spoiler alert, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is named after one Candlestick Park, formerly of the San Francisco Giants and 49ers. The Dodgers, however, though, are whooping up on my Giants. They whooped up on your Padres recently. They whooped up on the Cubbies. And now the three teams are the best teams in the National League. You have one of the best hot stars in Major League Baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr. Quickly, maybe maybe nine seconds. How do you feel about your Padres currently, who have won nine of the last ten games?
0: Truthfully, it's it's awesome that San Diego only has one team left and they're finally good. Um, when I moved here two years ago, I uh, listen. I'm fair. I'm not a really a real Padres fan. I moved out here two plus years ago and I've just embraced the team. I've embraced San Diego. So I I'll admit I like the fact that they're good. I'm excited to go back to the stadium. Pricing for tickets is out outrageous right now. <laughs> of, course. Um, of course it is. So I'm waiting for things to kind of stabilize a little bit. Once they open up fully, I'm gonna definitely go check out a Padres game this summer.
1: I love it, man. Right on. So for all you baseball nuts, uh, that's our that's our baseball quip for today. Yep. Giants still in first place by game and a half. Dodgers right behind them. Padres right behind them. But the Padres, one of the hottest teams in baseball, winning 9 of 10. If you ever want to talk baseball, holler at me, Sky Guasco on Twitter. And, of course, once again, you can hit up Bobby Lamarco as well on Twitter. Add his name, Bobby L-A-M-A-R-C-O. Before we get into running back analysis, I also want to give a quick shout-out here. We have been hit up by a couple people here to join the team as of late. This happens every single summer, and we're open arms to having new teammates. You guys know Dweez and Lucas have been out for the last couple of weeks. We hope to have them back when the season comes around. They're just doing some personal family stuff. We certainly encourage that. Bobby and I have taken our time over the last year as well when necessary. We do have some openings here on the TCK pod. We could use some help in particular areas. Um, video and audio editing is a big one. Social media help would be great as well. Some backend um, analytics building would be great as well. So if you have any traits that you think might be able to help um, contribute to the TCK pod and you want to join the team and jump on, even if it's just for the month of July, the off-season only, maybe it's through the entire season, Uh, please hit us up and we'll see where you can uh, fit in and make the most of it. But we've already had a couple inquiries, which have been absolutely fantastic, so we're hoping to build the team as we get into draft season here, Bobby. We're already through June. We're into July. we got one more month until real draft season, so we're starting to hit the nitty-gritty, man. Let's get into this. Last week we talked wide receiver age analysis. This week we are talking running back. Age analysis and kind of the big scary thing in fantasy football is get in dynasty, it's getting rid of your older players before it's too late. In redraft, it's do I trust Todd Gurley one more season? Do I trust Le'Veon Bell one more season? Do I trust Mark Ingram one more season? David Johnson. And more often than not, unfortunately, we're a year too late in redraft, especially. So hopefully today we can help you avoid some of that. Bobby, per usual, man, I'm going to let you kind of take away on this. So why don't you bring up your graphics, do what you got to do. Let's get into running back age analysis.
0: Well, first, let's talk a little bit about why we're talking about this today. And obviously you brought it into the intro a little bit, but I want people to understand that it's not a one size fit all situation. Like it's There is, in a lot of cases, uh, a little bit of a dip in certain age brackets, but it, there's a quick stability period. Especially when we talked about wide receivers last week, we talked about how, yeah, there might be a little bit of drop off about 8% in production, but it stabilizes for the next three to four years. Running backs a little different. Um, We did see that cliff come. Not exactly when I thought it was, but I'm not going to, I'm going to bury the lead a little bit there. So just so everybody knows, we did half point PPR for this analysis the last 10 seasons. So 2011 to 2020. You can see all of my analysis on football.rasball.com. If you're tuning in via Apple Podcasts, you guys can come check out the YouTube video. You can see all the graphics. It's so much easier to follow along, but we'll talk through them as well if you're following through audio. The baseline for touches used in the analysis, 100 touches. Now, I know for a fact that I've gotten pushback on some of this stuff, and people are like, well, we need to know if every player played 80% of snaps. What about injuries? And listen, I get it. You know, if I can go into every player, trust me, Sky, if Sky, you know anything about me, I would do it. If I was getting paid, if I was paid, I would be in the weeds, man, of this stuff. <laughs> but unfortunately, because I don't want to go crazy, um, this data does get us to a certain point, though. I know I understand that there's injuries involved in some of this stuff, but this gets us about 95% of the way. You're not going to throw away a dry tip sandwich if you don't like the bread. Just take the bread off. So let's just view it the same way, all right? So, First off, let's talk a little bit about like I always say, it's when it comes down to it, it's about fantasy points and it's about fantasy points per game. So what I did for the analysis is I actually put up the let me just take down the banner here. Thank you, Scott. So what I did is I wanted to just make it simple. It's it forget about the fluff, forget about the touches, forget about, you know, the games played, forget about how many running backs hit for now. Let's talk just about fantasy points and fantasy points per game. Now, the RB peak comes a little bit differently for running backs than we talked about earlier. So for just points, the highest is actually the age 21 on average. Now, when we talk a little bit later, you're going to realize that not there isn't that many age 21 running backs versus age 25. But it's still notable but that right when they come in the door, we kind of knew this already. There's so many breakout rookie running backs, and this analysis kind of shows that. Um, The highest points per game average comes at the first year, age 21. But then a different peak, quote unquote, comes different for age average points per game, which on your screen you can see is age 25. Typically that first end of the first contract, four years into the league, four or five years in, that's when the RB peak in points per game comes. That's 11.5 points per game. This is for running backs that received 100 touches. Now, when you look at the data it kind of stabilizes for points. So from 27, um, from 26 to 30, you see 151.9 for 26. Then you see it drop to 136, but then it goes back up to 147. So you kind of see the little bit of this seesaw where it's up and down from 26 to 30. What that tells me is it's not so much about age. It's about situation. It's about the players player uh, with offense they're on. Like if a player's at age 30, 29, why is the production going up at age 30? So it tells me that it's not so much about age. It's probably more to do with the situation around them. Are they getting a full allotment of touches and all that stuff? So the good news is, based on my analysis, age 30, through age 30 season, on an average points per game and total points, you're still going to see productive players. For an age 30 running back, they average one hundred and forty eight, uh, 144.8 points per and 10.8 points per game. That ten, that's, that's equivalent to an age 23 running back getting 100 touches. So now I know this, you know, some teams are taking, uh, you're going to see more Jags, just another guy in their early 20s get 100 touches. But for the most part, that, that benchmark gives us, it weeds out a lot of the week. So a running backs getting 100 touches, they're usually at least a decent running back in the NFL. So from an age 30 standpoint, I was very surprised to see that you're still seeing a lot of production. After age 30, things start to turn red. Um, We do see a little blip at age 33 where you see a a slight uptick back, but it never hits double digits again. Unlike when you saw for age 27 through 30, where we saw that 10 points per game kind of go up and down, we kind of see a a steep decline, and then it never returns back up again. So I would personally, from this data – I see it as the cliff as age thirty-one. That's when I would start really worrying about running backs. But Sky, let me get your two cents. What's your first thoughts?
1: Well, I was actually surprised to see that we always think about thirty years old as the cliff, as you say. But it looks like here it's thirty-one. Now you right. corrected me on a previous episode because I mentioned thirty, and you're like, wait, 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 thirty-one. Yeah. Now that doesn't yeah. seem like a, that doesn't seem like a big a big uh, miss. But again, it does because we think of these guys each season and actually 30 years old on average again 100 100 touches um, on average here is actually better than 27 and 29 so I think that was pretty pretty impressive and we've seen some of these older running backs I'm going to get into the I'm going to get into some more fantasy stuff here after you give your spiel as well so I'll go into this a little bit deeper of who's finished top 12 as a running back and what ages and who's finished top five but some notable older running backs who have finished after the age of 29, D'Angelo Williams, Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson, Thomas Jones. Um, Again, you know, you were mentioned before we went on the air here, Willis McGahee back in the day. So it can happen. It's just much more rare. And you mentioned if there's a running back coming in at age 30, they're more than likely going to be that main guy because if they don't have a top stud in front of them, Um, then they're going to be the main guy and they're going to ride until the wheels fall off. And we've seen a guy like Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, obviously, you know, five years past their prime, but they're still getting opportunities, both of them because they're reliable for NFL standards, which leads to more opportunity for fantasy.
0: So another thing too, about the age 30 thing, I I thought it was most recently it was Mark Ingram, right? That one season in 2019 age 30, he kind of was a huge value, but the problem is, we start to overlook the situation because of the rage. And I, that's the point of the episode today is if there's a guy, whether it's Melvin Gordon, if you start hearing camp reports that Melvin Gordon is taking the first reps and he's getting most of the first team reps, don't just be like, well, that's stupid. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm just letting you know now that an age 29, 30, 20, uh, 28, 29, and 30 running back has plenty of opportunities to produce. Um, and I've, we've seen big seasons from obviously like Fred Jackson, Adrian Peterson, Matt Forte at age 30. So just keep that in mind when you're drafting this season because these guys aren't going in the first three rounds. A lot of these aging running backs are going in the middle to late rounds. So you're already getting a deep discount. I'm not telling you that you should draft an age 30 running back before a peak running back at age 25. I'm not saying that. If it's apples to apples in ADP, you probably should lean a younger guy. He's probably got more upside. But what I'm trying to tell you is you're getting these guys four or five rounds later who might actually be in this a similar situation, whether it's you know good quarterback, good offense, but they're just older. We just don't like them as much. So just keep that in mind when you're going through draft and draft season. But let's talk a little bit about the details. And what I did here is it's a lot of information. So from left to right on your screen, I actually wanted to show you the, the quantity, which is obviously the number of running backs, which is the second column. You could see that the the number of total running backs really peaks in 24 and 25 uh, and then starts slowly declining. That's the first contract, right? So that makes a lot of sense. But keep in mind, these are running backs who get 100 touches. So, yes, naturally there is a slower progression down, but this isn't just every running back. Of course, there's going to be more in their early 20s, but it's still the decline starts right around 26. But when you look at the games played, Interestingly enough, the from through age 30, there is literally no difference. Like if you're looking at games play, people say all the time, well, older running backs get hurt. That's not true at all. There's absolutely no doubt. Actually, running backs who age actually have have a better time staying healthy because their bodies are naturally used to the grinds of the game. You know, it's these younger players that get hurt and it's proven in the data through age 30 season, you know, everyone's averaging about 13 games played. That's similar to age 24, age 23. Now, what I always thought was interesting too, is the touches. So there's only two scenarios in my analysis where the average touches goes over 200. One's at age 26, the other one's at 30. So at age 30, that's the only two times in the analysis, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, there's there's a bunch of times just later on. But 22 times in that peak age, so from 21 to 30, there's only two times it goes over 200 touches. Now, of course, there's older running backs. There's 34. Age 34 is an interesting one because there was 213 touches and then age 37, which is Frank Gore this year, who actually had 181 carries and then a handful of touches, and that's the 203. So there was some interesting nuggets there but too, but that Frank Gore is – it's, not, it's basically I should just, I should just take the age out and just put Frank Gore from like 35 to 37. But, um but really let's just focus on 30 to 21. Cause I think that's really where we kind of see the most uh juice here. So I think points per game over 15, I mean, touches per game is 15 for age 30. That's only happens another time once. And that's at age 25. So really these age 30 running backs continually over and over again, are getting over 200 touches and getting 15 touches per game. That's on average. So, If there is a running back at age 30 who has a starting role, you know, you should roll with that guy. He's probably going to give you a full workload. That results in a solid points, uh, fantasy points, and they also solid in points per game. Now, like we just touched on earlier, too, it's not necessarily that you should draft an older running back beforehand, but it's just to show you there's a lot of stability when it comes to games played, when it comes to touches, and when it comes to touches per game. So I think that if the guy – I think you have to evaluate the situation. Also, their mileage. I think a bigger impact on players is not their age itself, but how many carries they've had up until that age. So there has been analysis done in the past where I think it's about 1,700 carries is where you start seeing some drop off. So if a guy like Derrick Henry, who, by the way, the first couple seasons, barely got over 200 carries in a season, it wasn't until the last two he's at 300-plus Derrick Henry might have a little more longevity on his legs than someone like Zeke Elliott, for example, who at a young age was getting 300 carries in a season. So those are things that I thought were interesting. Um, So what are your thoughts on this guy? I know it's a lot of data and I know Frank Gore throws things off towards the end, but what's your thoughts?
1: Well, basically first things first is draft Frank Gore. After that, (laughs) you just, you, you want the stability in your lineup. So draft Frank Gore. Other than that, again man i think it's really surpri- not surprising but it's interesting to see that 25 26 27 years old is kind of the golden range for running backs as well and that's what we saw in, in wide receivers last week also if you're looking here on the chart on youtube you can see it on podcasts. of course we're trying to spell this out best for best we can for you and bobby ran through some of this but the two you know you have the, this this color coded uh very nicely so it stands out that dark green is what we're looking at 25 years old you get 15 touches per game that's a solid workload that's on average also another thing here bobby 23 24 25 years old you have over 80 running backs in the sample size that's Mm -hmm. huge because you know obviously we're tongue-in-cheek about frank gore but age 30 23 running backs in the sample size 31 12 32, 13, 33, 6, 34, 3, 35, 2, 36, 37, only one running back, Frank Gore. So the numbers are still raw, right? But unfortunately, the sample size goes down. The numbers are less, not less accurate, but they're less maybe stable for me to to give vouch to. So when I look at running backs 23, 4, and 5 years old, and I have 80 running backs, to get my numbers from, I start to believe those a little bit more than the older ages. 25 years old stands out. I've got 81 running backs to sample from, and I've got the highest touches per game. Again, they're in their prime. You mentioned, hopefully, they're past some of those you know, early into the NFL injuries and such things. So quickly, before we move on here, I want to just kind of dive into some of these dynasty – names, right? And, and ages specifically. And I'm just going to rattle off some of the running backs that we're all familiar with and their ages in about that 24, 25, 26 year old range. Christian McCaffrey, 25, Saquon Barkley, 24, Nick Chubb, 25, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, 20, uh, 25 as well. Austin Eckler, uh, Aaron Jones, 26, um, Joe Mixon, still just 24 years old. I love that. Derrick Henry, Chris Carson, 26 years old, Miles Sanders, 24, a couple more here. Miles Gaskin, 24, Kareem Hunt, 25, a little bit deeper, uh, Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds, Leonard Fournette, still just 26. He feels older than that. James Conner, Gus Edwards, uh, the, the uh, list goes on here. Philip Lindsay still just 25. So again, some of those guys feel older than they actually are. <laughs> Some of them are younger, like Derrick Henry's not 30 years old. He's 26. He could actually maybe keep trucking for a couple more years. So those are some of the names that are hitting the golden mark or they're in the middle of their prime, according to this data sheet, that I want to spend a little extra attention to when I'm drafting those particular names because they're in the hot zone right now, namely guys like Nick Chubb, uh, um, Joe Mixon, right, and making sure that I I keep pace on those guys and Zeke Elliott and – uh, Derek Henry who aren't as old as I, I feel like they are 25 and 26, not 27, 28, 29 years old. So keep that in mind when you're looking in dynasty specifically, but still even a redraft because they're hitting their prime.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's the thing with uh, dynasty drafts too, is like, when I was looking at this data, I was, I got Derek Henry in our league 16th overall in a dynasty draft. And I'm just still. like, all right, you know, it's it, my thing is with Derrick Henry too is this that he got a little bit of a later start because of the DeMarco Murray stuff early on in his Which career. Is
1: good. That's good for him. Yes,
0: you. it is good. And I think that his age, he's going into his age 27 season this year, he can easily have three to four more years. But my thing is you have to monitor the situation. Injuries, like Todd Gurley was only 25 and he completely fell off a cliff because of his, his knee issue. And nothing to do with his age, it's the knees issues. If there's chronic things going on. But also, Le'Veon Bell is a good scenario for this because he went from the best situation behind an elite offensive line, great offense for him, to holding out for a year, and then he went to the Jets, and it it was his situation that changed, not his actual, um, per, not him himself necessarily. You can't say it was his age; it's the fact that he took a year off and then went to a in, like a bad team with a bad offensive line, so. That's the stuff that I'm telling you that if you look at Derrick Henry and it's that they just have this consistent, good offensive line, Tannehill's there. Now they have Julio and AJ Brown to lead that offense. He's probably going to continue this path unless an injury comes up and it hasn't so far. This also goes for guys like Raheem Mostert, Melvin Gordon, uh, Mike Davis, for example, who are older running backs who could be going into their situation. If Raheem Mostert, um, is the lead guy. If he's getting the RB1 touches at, in training camp and stuff, don't ignore that completely. Yes, Trey Sermon is the logical guy. We want him to be the elite RB1, the bell cow. But Raheem mostert has been dominant on a per-touch basis in his career. And if he can stay healthy, could be a surprise player you can get in the double-digit rounds if Trey Sermon hype gets too big. Um, so that's just some of the stuff that I've kind of looked at. And I think it gives us a little more confidence to draft – These older running backs, not in Justin Regev, but Dynasty as well.
1: Man, Ronald Jones is 23 years old. Travis Etienne, James Robinson, Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, all of them are 22. Yeah. (laughs) Ronald Jones has been in the league for three years. He is just now hitting his stride. He's 23, and we have four incoming rookies that are just a few months behind him. Just When you actually look at these ages, especially with running backs because we're so much – we're so much more um uh, you know alert and hypersensitive on running back age ranges. When you actually look into these guys, some guys you're like, whoa, he's that old. Most guys you're like, well, like Joe Mixon. You're like, whoa, he's like hitting his prime. If he can yeah. stay healthy in that offense, man, I, I just think sky's the limit. So you'd really just gotta dive in, dive a little bit deeper. And that's why we're doing the the running back age analysis.
0: So let's talk a little. I I thought are you're, you're a little piece, of these uh... These additional ones are pretty cool, too. So we we also sure. brought up top five and top 12 yeah, and the percentages. And and I think the top 12 actually kind of mirrors my analysis. The f- top five is a little different, but why, why don't we dive into those, too?
1: Yeah, you got it. All right. So uh, once again, scrolling on the bottom here, if you're on YouTube, you can see the link here, football.rasball.com. Running back age analysis is the article that Bobby's already written. So make sure you go check that out and get a little bit more deeper analysis there if you'd like to. I'm going to start with the top 12 and then we'll funnel it down to the top five. So again, uh, YouTube on the screen here and podcast will do my best for you. So this is essentially similar charts and similar numbers to what Bobby's been looking at. But I have different sample sizes and I just have ages. 21 through 34, and essentially what I'm looking at here is top 12 finishes for fantasy football. And if I'm looking at age 21, again, that's a young rookie. I just mentioned Ronald Jones came out at 20 years old, so 21 is still pretty young. That's only 28. So let's maybe skip over that one. Let's look at age 22, which is most rookies coming out of college, 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26, right? So that all has at least 100 sample of running backs. And the most coming at 23, 24, and 25, 24 has the most with 148 running back sample. Top 12 finishes of those 148 running backs at age 24 is 17.5% of those running backs finishes as a top, top 12 fantasy running back. So again, if we're looking at percentages specifically, age 22, age 24, age 26 are the highest. Now, the highest on this chart is actually age 28 which is almost 20% of those running backs. One out of five of those running backs finishes a top-12 fantasy running back. But again, the sample size goes down by about 60 players, so it's down to about 86. So take it or leave it, but where I see the cliff in this model is age 31, Bobby. Again, 29 running backs at age 31, 23 at 32, 11 at 33, and 5 at 34 plummets. Age uh, 31, 3% of those running backs have finished top 12. Now, it spikes at age 32 because you had some great seasons. Again, D'Angelo Williams, Frank Gore, um, Fred Jackson, as you mentioned, Willis McGahee, um, uh, who would you mention? D'Angelo Williams. I think I already said that. Either way, you have a couple of these running backs who have spiked later in their career for Thomas Jones for a couple different seasons, but then it falls off again, 33, 9%, and nobody – at age 34, has been a top 12 running back. At age, um, out of the five uh, that have played here, so just something to, to monitor in that when you're talking age range and percentage chance that they finish top 12, and then we'll get into top five, yeah. which is even less here in a second.
0: Well, the 13% at age 30 is just kind of so. This is 2015, correct? You said, and did, is there any like? See, my thing is, I have I had benchmark. This is probably all running backs, right? Included, not just a certain benchmark because I use the benchmark of hundred touches. So that's why the numbers might be a little different. Um, But this is interesting because like this kind of reconfirms that age 30 is not the drop-off. It is not for an RB one season, but also keep in mind that we don't really care about getting necessarily top five upside from an age 30 running back the year drafting in the seventh, eighth round. Like, you know, Melvin Gordon, and I think Mike Davis might be the highest guy drafted. That's we're going to talk about that's kind of older quote unquote, And he's going probably round five. But Melvin Gordon, Raheem Mostert, these are just examples of guys who, if they do take the lead role, that you could get on the cheap for eighth, ninth round picks. And I think that's the key here is because it's they're not. There's no. There's nothing in the data that's telling us that they are. There's no shot. They have just from a percentage standpoint, they have just as much. Of a shot as a twenty-three year old because there's a more just, just more twenty-three year olds. I totally get that. But the point is on a percentage basis, they are all it's still a competitive age. So I think it's just you have to evaluate the situation when you're trying to look at this this stuff.
1: Yeah, and the benchmark here, and I should have I should have clarified at the at the beginning, my bad. Um they need to have fifty touches at least, which is okay. nothing, but that just qualifies at the right. point. They're not like third stringers, backup bench guys that like didn't play anything. They're just old on the yep. roster for years. Like They put in some work, 50 touches, so you have over 1,000 individual seasons mm-hmm. in this 13-year sample size. So that gives us the benchmark there. Let's move on to top fives. And again, as you would imagine, this percentage goes way down at every position because, first of all, just to be a top five running back is rare. Um, and then, of course, we'll break it down per age ranges. So, again, only 28 running backs have finished top 25 at age 21. Now that's pretty nice uh, if you're talking, I mean, 10% and 14% and finish the top 12. So really those younger running backs have a good chance to to spike early. We've seen great rookie seasons as of late, of course. Um, Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, and some others. Uh, Jonathan Taylor down the stretch last year. Cam Akers in a few games, but over an entire season, this is the top five guys here. So age 22, you get 101 samples. Age 23, 130, age 24, 148, age 25, 133, and age 26, 106, and then it dubs uh, underneath 100 there. So again, everything's under 10% after that age 21 season, but another another drop here is age 29 to finish top five. So age 27, we have 3% of 99 running backs of at least 50 touches, only 3% finish top five. 28, it spikes back up to 8%, which is our third highest, fourth highest on the sheet. After that, though, 30%, you're looking at 4% or lower with these running backs. But again, the sample size dips a little bit there. So I think what what this data tells me, and I have sheets as well for top 24 and 36, but as I was telling Bobby pre-show, if you play... 10 games as a running back, you're going to finish top 36. I mean, you play 12 games, you finish top 24, just because so many running backs don't. So that's kind of not what we're looking for in, in in fantasy. We want the high upside guys. We want the high floor guys. And then, of course, barring injury, we hope it to work out. So we're looking here at top 12, which is more frequent, obviously, but then top five, you really want – I mean, your highest upside running backs are going to be age 22 to 26, On the sheet, it spikes at 28, but that's a couple of those rare, you know, outside of the box Adrian Petersons who have incredible seasons later in their career. That is rare. So, in the main sample size with over 100 running backs who have at least 50 touches, you have 22 through 26 really is your golden range. Once again, to be that top five upside, but also have that, you know, running back one upside but for most but just that floor for your top guys as well and again i think it goes without saying with running backs especially but of course this has everything to do with injuries because so many running david montgomery last year you know finished top five basically because he stayed healthy and he had a groin issue coming into the season we were all worried about but he stayed healthy he had a nice schedule down the end he won people championships all right saquon barkley goes down cmc goes down So many of our favorite running backs last year went down at the top and burned people's seasons. If those guys stay healthy, I'm not sure David Montgomery's in the top 12. So some of it's by chance, but ultimately he and James Robinson played very well for a long time. They end up climbing the charts. So these numbers are skewed a little bit because a lot of this is based on health, obviously, but when your top dogs stay healthy, they will perform for you. And usually it looks like top five, top 12 minimum.
0: Yeah, and you know what the other thing too with this stuff is a lot of people talk about how it's easier to identify older it's harder to identify older running backs because they're usually all the good ones. So the the guys that you really you've grown up to love. They're all aging. So it's harder to pick which one you love. And I honestly I gotta push back a little bit because if you just look at the data from last year and you look at the guys that were in their late 20s, early 30s, like who were the guys going extremely high that are at that age? I mean, the guys who finished well, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, Mike Davis. Well, Mike Davis was a backup. Moster got hurt after eight games. But really, when you look at the players that didn't perform, who's drafting, you know, Jarek McKinnon, Adrian Peterson last year? You know, these guys, Giovanni Bernard. So it's actually – the thing is people don't realize is that we incorporate everyone that gets around 50 or a hundred touches that includes, you know, these satellite backs, the Darren Sproles of the world, the Giovanni Bernard's of the world that are basically backup running backs who get roughly a hundred touches. That's not that many touches per game. I mean, we're talking six touches, seven touches per game. So, you know, it is, it's easier than you think to identify these guys who are in their late twenties, early thirties, who could perform, or 30 that could perform because they're the guys that are actually getting RB1 number carries and touches. You know, a lot of these guys aren't. So that's another thing that I've, that I've read about that people were saying. But when you actually look at the players, it actually is a little bit easier to find maybe four or five of the 20 that are probably out there that you actually like. And you could probably pinpoint based on ADP that they're a value in
1: 2021. I love that. And if you're bringing it up here, Bobby, who are some, who are some running backs – 27 or older that you're okay with in fantasy this year for redraft dynasty again it's it's a long game so let's let's take dynasty out of it redraft purposes this year basically this year only and redraft is what we kind of the way we think unless you're in a keeper league so 27 or older bobby who are just a couple of names that you're keeping an eye on and you're willing to throw a throw a um, draft capital at this year
0: well, I mean, of course, you know, some of the younger guys that are turning 27 that are going to be like Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake at some point this year. But let's talk about the guys that are actually in that age bracket now. Um, so I, first off, it's probably going to be three guys. And this is what I've been talking about. It's really not that difficult because there really isn't that many that stand out. It's it's Raheem Mostert, Melvin Gordon, and Mike Davis. Um, those are three guys that you have to – Mike Davis has become the new hotness because he's Atlanta's starting running back most likely – but uh, Melvin Melvin Gordon had quietly one of his best rushing seasons of his career last year. And then you add in Teddy Bridgewater, who we've already talked about previously, who if he gets a starting job, loves to target his running backs. Now you add that element into the backfield for Melvin Gordon, who had a crazy bad year receiving last year. And it's probably because of Drew Locke. So if, if you find out Melvin Gordon's still the RB one on that team, I I think you're going to get a discount. I think he's probably going to be a ninth round pick in fantasy. Because no one wants him. Everyone's Javante Williams. And the last one, of course, is Raheem Mostert, where I listen. I like Trey Sermon. I like what I'm hearing about the kid. I probably would like to take the upside. But Raheem Mostert was not playing during minicamp. He was uh, coming back from an injury um, from from surgery earlier in the offseason. He's actually going to be available for training camp. So that's something you got to watch. Late July, early August. Is Raheem Mostert taking the RB1 numbers? or is it, Has he taking the argument of the first snaps or is it Trey Sermon because if you could get most of the double digit rounds he might be a, a nice play especially early on in the season. So those are the three that I'm looking at. What about you, Sky?
1: Those are great calls. David Johnson is is up in that range as well, 29-30 season there and it's just it's a mess in Houston. So I think, don't think anybody's excited about that. Yeah. I mean it's him, it's Mark Ingram and and uh uh Philip Lindsay as well. It's a mess there. A couple of the names kind of deeper here and just kind of flyers to keep an eye on, that have like half handcuff, maybe pass-catching role, whatever. Three guys in that pass-catching role to keep an eye on. Giovanni Bernard, who is now Tom Brady's James White. James White himself, who should have a better year under Cam in year two in New England. And then J.D. McKissick, who might lose some, some touches and, and catches overall if Antonio Gibson can stay healthy and they don't have Alex Smith anymore. But J.D. McKissick was absolutely on fire last year as a wide receiver or wide receiver out of out of the backfield. A couple of the names here to keep an eye on. Latavius Murray, 31 years old, but again, not a ton of wear on the tires. He's a great pass catcher. Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray should be running the ball more this year, I think, with just the way that they're going to run things in um New Orleans. And as we've seen for a couple of games at a time over the last couple of years, if Alvin Kamara were to go down at all, Latavius Murray is going to get 20-plus touches, can catch the ball, and he's going to be used on the goal line as well. So just some of those deeper names, kind of you know, Wayne Gallman is another guy that you might just keep an eye on in San Francisco because they're kind of running through running backs as well. So keep an eye on those later-round running backs, later-age running backs as well. We all know about the studs. We all know about the guys in the top of your draft order who are 22, 3, 4, 5 years old. We'd love to have a roster of all those guys, but the reality is, especially in redraft, it's not going to happen. You can still find value later with some of these older guys that a lot of people are forgetting about because they're not in the limelight. Bobby, before we get out of here and we give some shouts out to our friends here, do you have any final thoughts on this general running back age analysis from today?
0: I've, I I would say that if you're going to be drafting in July, I would probably going to have to age. You would have to be cautious with these guys like the Melvin Gordon, or Raheem Mostert's because training camps don't start. But I, I just suggest if you're drafting in August, don't, blindly follow what happened last year to Mark Ingram as it's going to happen to every running back. Mark Ingram with J.K. Dobbins, it was a thing. But there's been other scenarios where running backs who the older running back has still stayed on. I talked about this with Greg Roman. It was Frank Gore way, way back in the day. They drafted Carlos Hyde in the second round, and they actually continued to use Frank Gore in that starting role. So just, like, just so you know, just because don't make a decision – based on the fact that he's an older running back, listen to camp reports and listen to us because we'll be talking about it.
1: It's a great call. All right, man, I'm going to give a shout out to two of our usual sponsors. And then I'm actually going to kick it over to you for one of our new sponsors. So before we get out of here, we want to give some love, of course, to the Jersey Jungle. You all know how we do it. The Jersey Jungle on Instagram. Use the promo code TCK to get 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three plus. Now, the NFL just came out and said that they're going to have like the old school retro helmets starting in 2022. That means we're going to have some dope, uh, old school uniform combinations coming back. I'm looking forward to some OG, um, jerseys coming back. Maybe that, that teal blue, uh, from the Chargers. We have the light blue from the Broncos. You have, um those creamsicles from the buccaneers of course keep an eye on those if you're into the football space and needing a jersey hit up the jersey jungle at the jersey jungle on instagram use the promo code tck baseball's in full swing basketball playoffs hockey playoffs as well euro cup going on they have all sorts of home and away alternate jerseys and jerseys from all over the world hit up the jersey jungle next up we have our friends at bomb banana Bomb Banana Hot Sauce, banana based, not banana flavored. Go to seekthespice.com. Use the promo code TCK at checkout for 10% off of your order. The white bottle is nice and mild for you. The red bottle, the Mui Mui, extra muy muy. heat, <laughs> extra heat for those of you that like that spice on a summer day. Hit up Bomb Banana Hot Sauce, seekthespice.com, 10% off. Use the promo code TCK. Now, Bobby, I'd like to turn it over to you here and yeah, we want to get into one more of our sponsors. This is a new sponsor for us. So tell us about Red Zone.
0: So, first off, Red Zone Draft Boards. So these guys are putting together a complete package for you on draft day. And the best part too is it goes just beyond draft day because it comes with some really cool stuff. So if you go to visit draft with redzone.com and you use the promo code TCK, we're going to give you 10% off of their complete in total package and the best part too is you if you order now in july you get it's only cost 79 dollars. so not only you get a lower cost for the draft board you add your tc key promo code you're getting this awesome package for under 70 bucks that includes number one i think which is the coolest is the championship ring you get a championship ring for you and your league if you don't have something like that those rings if you go on those sites cost like 40 50 bucks alone you're getting it included in your draft package then it comes with this giant three-by-five whiteboard that you can use for up to 14 teams, 20 rounds. So if you have a deeper league, you can still use one of their boards. They have over 400 stickers, custom player stickers, including kickers. So if you need a Young Way Coup sticker, guess what? They got it. I already um, have one. Is, I made, a, I made yeah. a
1: custom Young Way Coup sticker.
0: Even better. They also have a cool engraved uh, ring case. They have a last place sign. If you want to make the person during your draft who finish in last place last year, wear the sign. Go right ahead. You can do that. Another cool thing is they have a partnership with Fantasy Points. So Fantasy Points provides them with a cheat sheet. So if you haven't done any research and you want to help out some of your fans, like you're more of a casual league, you want a cheat sheet, well, they even include that with the Red Zone Draft Board. So I love this. I love this concept. If you Listen, COVID's done, guys. It's time to focus on getting back together and do it in-person fantasy football draft and do it with Red Zone Draft Board. Go to draftwithredzone.com and use the promo TCK. Show the support for us. Show the support for them and get 10% off your draft board.
1: Really looking forward to it, man. My uh, home league, I think we'll get back. We've done a live draft for for 12 years. We skipped last year, of course, and I'm hoping we get back to it this year now that everybody, you know, those folks that get the vaccines have the vaccines Mm -hmm. and we're going to be clean and smart about it and uh, hopefully we'll have another live draft for our home league and we hope that you will. As well, All right, man, that breaks down our running back age analysis for this week. Bobby's coming at you tomorrow with his uh, player spotlight for this week. I'm very excited about that. If you missed mine from yesterday, make sure you tune it back and check out my player spotlight on Carson Wentz, new quarterback for the Colts. If you're just coming out from under a rock, you didn't even know. He got traded from the Eagles to the Colts. We're getting back into football season. I get it. He got traded from the Eagles to the Colts, and I break down – his time with Frank Reich, what he can expect from Frank Reich again now, his weapons with the Colts versus the Eagles, what Phillip Rivers was able to do at age 38 last year. If We'll see if Carson Wentz can get back to the QB5 overall, QB2 in points per game in 2017. We'll see if he can bounce back. Right now he's got an ECR of QB17. He's getting drafted as a QB19. Spoiler alert, I think he can be better than that at the end of this season. So go check out that episode on the previous episode, 403. This is four Oh four. We're in the books here, Bobby. It's always a pleasure to do one with you, man. I'm looking forward to your episode tomorrow. Stick around with us next week. Y'all we may or may not have an extra episode coming your way for July. So stay tuned. Shouts out one more time to the Jersey jungle bomb banana and red zone draft boards. We'll catch you next time for my man, Bobby Lamarco. I'm your host sky Guasco. And we are